Hello and welcome to Community Quest episode 275. That's, that's right, right. Yes, that's right. 275. I'm your host, The Hype, and with me as always. Anti Ouroboros Advocate, who is a funny Malinowski. That's a joke for, a I, joke for my Trials fans out there. Uh, Ouroboros, <laughs> that could also be a uh, Xeno Blade Chronicles joke. You'll find that the name Ouroboros shows up. Interesting. Uh, and I, am, in, I just mean in games in general. <laughs> guest. I'm who, the guest. Who uh, guest? This, this is. This is Joe. I'm not even supposed to be here today, Hanley. Nice. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, Gaijin said he couldn't make it, so I thought I'd fill in for him, even though I am in no way affiliated with RP Gamer. You don't have to be. It's okay. That, is, Good. that has never stopped us. I think no, it has second episode <laughs> was completely unrelated. Good. Our, fir our first uh, guest doesn't even like RPGs, <laughs> RPGs that much. Originally, I think we spent most of that episode talking about Sonic. I would be shocked if we had not spent most of that episode. Yeah, I'm pretty it sure was we like did. Seven years ago at yeah. this stage. Um, but yeah, uh, what, what have you been playing, Wheels? Other than this '80s shit that you're playing right here. Oh right my now. god! Um, lots of Destiny. Um, Ew! I regret asking. Uh, I need a little break from Xenoblade, so I've been distracted by a few things, uh, one of which uh, was, so Phil has been occasionally streaming Disgaea on the RP Gamer channel. Can you guess which Disgaea? No. Four? No, not four. Five? Not one. Five. Oh. Well, I like that to be the wheels is like that now. Yeah. I don't like five. I don't, okay. I don't think it's very good. So I went back to six. And I've been playing a bit of six, which is very fun and very cool. You ready for seven? No, that's already been announced. Oh God. Well, the good, the good really? thing is that unlike five, six is uh, around like 30, 40 hours, which is about the length of most of the ones I've beaten. So fair enough. Good luck. Yeah, no, I think we'll hopefully be ready for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been playing a bit of that and enjoying that. It's uh, it's a very good game. It's a return to form, in my opinion, for, you know, like or dislike Disgaea 5, I think it went too far away from a lot of the things that make Disgaea Disgaea. And that's like a lot of, a lot of the levels are kind of puzzly or... The, doing lots of weird things with the geo box and stuff like that and five took a lot of that away and replaced it with not much that's interesting like i'm sure if i went back to it and went at it at a different pace i would probably like it a little more because i mean go back and look at that review i gave it a 2.5 i didn't like i didn't like shove it in a locker you, you made a joke of hating it Yes. Yourself. It was weird. You do it's, that sometimes. I was very, very frustrated at the end of, at the end of that game. Very frustrated. Because very frustrated when I found out they removed reverse pirating. Yeah. Uh this it's it's got like some of the best story and some of the best characters in the series. It's just 
they weren't necessarily utilized the best. So it's a frustrating game. It's probably better than I give it credit for, but I also think it's worse than its biggest fans would tell you. So approach Disgaea 5 with caution, but 6 is fun. Um, and it, I think it did have some performance issues early on, but those on the Switch version, and I haven't really seen them since a patch like a long time ago. So I think it's fine, and you can get it on PS5 now anyway. So it's a very good game. Uh, I like gotcha. I like how they've made the transition to like a 3D engine. It still mm. looks like Disgaea. So yeah, it's good. That's pretty much what I've been playing other than Destiny and no one wants to hear me blab on about that anymore. So. That's me. <laughs> I'm no one. Uh, I mean, I can talk about Splatoon, but that's not really an RPG. And yeah. You can just you can go rewatch the last Sunday Night Shenanigans. Uh, I think Splatoon three is RPG ish enough for RPG. Okay, it's uh, I, I like it a lot, and you know I, I'm I playing think, it right now. Yeah, nice. I've talked about a lot about how as how as I've gotten older, I've kind of grown to dislike very violent games a lot more. So having like a game that's the opposite of violent is pretty cool. It's it's hmm. kind of a chill game, even though even though some losses in multiplayer can be frustrating, it's still relatively chill. Even though we also still capable of being a salt factory. Yes. Yeah. Soon soon good. Uh, and um, uh, as as you'll see when we talk, start talking about the Nintendo Direct, I'm going to be desperately trying to lessen my backlog in the near oh, future. Because have, things are coming. Like a dragon to listen to before that. Yes. All right, someone else talk. Okay, Joe, what have you been playing? Well, uh, right now I'm playing Splatoon 3. Just jumped into a turf war battle, so hopefully I can multitask without sucking. Um, yeah, I've been okay. playing that. That's... <laughs> no, it's no, so I got, I, I'm really getting pulled into this right now. This is just a, a fun, you know, nonviolent third person shooter, like we yeah. were just saying. And, um, have you played the fun. single player? Yeah. The single player is actually pretty cool. Awesome. Um, it's nice because the single player was kind of an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, no. And this one, it seems like they put more effort into it. So there's that. Um, I've been playing Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin on PC. I've been streaming that on my channel. Hmm. So you're free to check that out. Today I did part four, and I could not stop dying in the Iron Keep, and I almost rage quit. Yeah, that place is rough. Yeah. So, so that's fine. Is, uh, is it? What? Is it? <laughs> Doesn't sound too fun. Oh. Press the wrong button. It's fine. That's a very difficult game, but um, I know it's weird to revisit it though, because especially after playing like Elden Ring, because back in Dark Souls Two, the physics are just a little different. The the whole rhythm of the game is different. So yeah, it's like if if you want to attack, dodge, or block, and then do one of the other things, there's a delay before it lets you. And I'm getting stun locked. I'm mashing the dodge button, trying to get out of enemy combos, and it's like, oh, this is 
a little bit harder than I remembered. Just kind of got a different rhythm to it. Hmm. Um, just especially after playing some of their other games, that's all. Fair enough. Um, so there's that. What else? I was playing, you know, Sackboy Big Adventure a while back, and I made it to the post-game levels, and then I, it wanted me to go back and get more blue orbs to unlock more stages, and I kind of just didn't get around to doing that. So hmm. there was that. What? It seemed what like you got else? a lot of enjoyment out of that game, at least. The game is yeah. very chill. I like it. Yeah, um, I was playing Animal Crossing and got um, got bored with that again. So, like you do. Yeah, finally rebuilt my island that got deleted a while back, and I finally got caught up to where I was, and now I'm like, oh, I don't feel like playing anymore. <laughs> so there's that. That sounds like Animal Crossing. It really does, yeah. Like, the way I feel about Animal Crossing is similar to how I feel about Splatoon 3 a little bit, like... I do feel like they're both good games for what they are and for what they're trying to do, but I just feel like they had limited scope. You know? That's all. Hmm. But that's probably what makes them good. That's why they're polished, because they were, weren't were overly ambitious. You know? Hmm. So that's, I don't know. That's how I feel about both games right now. They're both good at what they do. All right, my team somehow won... Despite me multitasking, good for me. Oh, uh, let's see. I gotta get through Xenoblade Chronicles too. I'm still working on that. Um. So I'm at the at the part where Pyra's in trouble and you gotta go save her or something. So. And I, I'm hoping to start three at some point after I finish two. Um. That's, I think that's everything I've been playing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I played Stray. And yeah. it's kind of meh. Relaxed cat it's... game. Why do you hate yeah. cats? <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. <sighs> so am I. I'm a, I'm a dog person. Um, I don't like cats. No, Stray isn't bad, but actually Stray is probably another game where it's like, Okay, yeah, you know what? I get what they're doing, and they did a good job with it. It's good for what it is, but the scope is is very limited. It's you're a cat, and it's a very basic platformer, very basic puzzle solving. Um, you just spend a lot of time walking around and climbing on things, and then you can do cat things, like you can scratch up people's rugs and walls and shit. And there's Everything things you can play that. with. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It, it is certainly not a bad game. I just found myself getting very, very bored. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, no, I think that's. I think that covers everything I've been playing. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Dave? You gonna ramble about uh ramble? What was it? Trails in the sky or? Yeah, yeah. Second chapter, chapter six of nine or seven of ten, depending upon whether you count the prologue. So, Ramble on. 
Carry on my way Oh, I was singing Zeppelin, not Kansas. Yeah. Don't you cry no more. Kansas is fine, but that's not the ramble on Yeah. But I tend to carry on, so whatever. Um, Ramble on my wayward son. But yeah, so uh, I am pretty deep in the plot. I have not missed any of the bracelet points yet, which is nice. Uh, I've been following a guide. I am because I mean, there's there are quests that so like the game has a quest board, and there are quests that aren't on it, which is very cruel. You just have to walk into them. So you know, obnoxious. Oh. If you care about getting all the bracer points, just go look up a guide. There are a number that don't spoil very much. So, but yeah, uh, deep deep in that, I had to forcibly restrain myself from continuing the plot about half an hour ago when I stopped uh, to make sure that I would not be trying to play it while we were recording. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, getting getting to the the sort of like most of the major plots revealing themselves. Uh, it's definitely a game that, uh, by all accounts, resolves its plot in two, which is why the third is not called third chapter. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, you know, obviously it's very compelling. I think uh, Steam says I'm like 45 hours in at this point. I've been... Basically, it has been the largely the only leisure activity I've been pursuing for the past little while, not least of which because uh, there's horrible wildfire smoke around here. So. Oh, not fun. Um, not good at all. To, to quickly hit uh, Fire Runner's question uh, that's in the chat, how much the how many assets does Soul Hackers 2 reuse from SMT5? If it's anything like the PS2 SMTs, most of them. Uh, Which is fine. If that gives us more games faster than reuse. I mean, that was, fucking everything. I'm just saying, that was always how SMT operated. Yeah. Like, you make an asset and then you reuse it until there's an outside force that forces you to change it. Um, but yeah. Uh... uh but yeah, so I'm getting getting close to the end of that. Uh, I, you know, it's 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 a really good, well-paced story. Charming characters, great music, a lot more music than uh, first chapter because it has essentially all of first chapter's music, but it also has a ton of new songs. Not the least of which is combat. There's like probably five or six new songs that are used for various kinds of fights, uh, which. Gives it gives the soundtrack a lot more variety and a lot more texture. Um, I've been, I've been really enjoying the step up in that. Uh, it's clear that uh, second chapter was made after it was clear that first chapter was a success because it seems like they probably spent a lot more money on it. Uh, there's you know the the first game essentially has no animated cutscenes of any sort and this one doesn't have a lot of them but there are a handful that are like we've gone to some clear trouble to you know make some nice animated cutscenes those uh for like mo mostly for large complex 3d objects like airships and such but still uh the kind of thing that just didn't exist in the first game 
generally more bespoke character portraits. It just generally has a level of polish that the first chapter kind of doesn't because uh, they're more sure of the fact that it is worth spending money on. Uh, so that's that's been going well. Uh, but yeah, uh, really, really enjoying it. Uh, and don't want to say too much else because at this point, essentially anything I could say about the game is deep, deep, deep spoilers. So uh, play it. It's good. Good. Oh, I we forgot. got a lot of news. Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna say that you talking about trails got me to finally <laughs> dig up the save my save file for Trails in the Sky. We all went through like four that. different places to that save file. Yeah, before finding it, and it was on my PSP Go, which I couldn't get to charge. And finally, I had to plug the USB cord into not just like any you know the things where you plug a USB cord in and you put it into an outlet. Mm-hmm. It couldn't. I tried one with from like Apple and one from like the Am, kids' Amazon tablets, and those did not work. And then I think I found the one, not even like a Sony one, but one that I got when I got this PSP Go because I got it used like way back in the with. day. Yeah. And that one worked, and I have no clue why, so I'm going to have to investigate that further. <laughs> I'm, in I'm case reminded I lose of the monstrous, mind-boggling shittiness of the Vita power yeah. cord of the original Vita. And I think they re- redesigned it for the second model, but that yeah. first model has an awful power cord that you can uh, that will fit properly if plugged in upside down, but won't actually charge. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so I almost tried to like pry out the memory card from that and see if I could find, see if I had any way to plug that into the computer. And it's a good thing I didn't waste my time with that because it was on the internal PSP Go memory. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure I used to have that save on my Vita TV. And I think I may have actually played a few more hours than are on there, but that save is long gone. So. Ah, <sighs> uh, tragic. But yeah, you're apparently in chapter three of four, so you got pretty yes. far. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, twenty-four hours. It'd be in like Zeiss, I would imagine. It's uh, I forget the name of the place. It's where there's some factory. Now we're yeah, going... you're in Zeiss. Yeah, looking after looking for a lost professor. Yeah, Professor Russell. You probably run into Tita by now. Yep. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I suspect that by the time we record our next episode, I will be. Uh, Fairly, at least a few hours into Trails the Third, uh, which hey, you know that's fun. I like being far into things. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, no one. But yeah, uh, having having a great time with uh, Trails in the Sky. Um, but we have. Shit ton of news what happened this week. Like everyone decided to have their pre- presentations this week. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, let's get the stuff that we care yeah, the least. Did you, about. did you like my joke? I said Sony's state of come play, Cincy. Uh, uh, I mean, they, they announced more th- like. The thing about the state of plays is they're still bad, but they're better than they used to be because they used to be like three games and all of them were things you'd already heard about and none of them had any new information. And now there's like 
there's stuff in them. There's not like it's often clear that it's a secondary announcement as far as the publisher is concerned, but it's it's something that you hadn't heard of before. And that's that's a huge step up from where it was like two or three years ago where they were just absolute like slogs of nothing. Yeah. Um well when they started with, oh, this is a remaster of a uh, VR game. It's just like, well, this is not... that was like half VR games because I think they're Ugh. they're really trying to build runway to the PSVR too. Um, but I was in there. I I only paid attention to a couple of things because I only cared about a couple of things. Uh, it looks like the only thing half of people who watched it cared about was God of War. I think that looks like one of the most boring things I've ever seen. I'm sure it'll be huge. I'm sure people will enjoy it. I could not possibly give less of a shit boy i think i think that it is essentially possible to make kratos a redeemable character and trying to do it reveals like such a fundamental mis incapacity to understand what kind of horrible person he is that i find you suspect for even attempting it wow boy and, like, I get it that if you just play the new one and kind of put out of your mind some of the old ones, like, you can kind of, like, gel with that, but I personally cannot put out of my mind what a monster he is. So, like, every time you have him try to be like, oh, he's just a tough but bad dad, it's just like, he's way more than that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, some... It's, it's PSVR Star Wars game. I still don't think they've ever actually announced a release date or a price for the PSVR 2. I don't know why they keep doing this. Um, it's supposed to come out first quarter of next year, supposedly, or like early next year, but they haven't been willing to commit. To, I, I would imagine that they are trying to jockey the jockey what they can get about the price and how many units they can prepare, but it's that thing's going to be at least $500. Um, okay, yeah. It's just it's just VR rigs. Um, let's see. Oh, Tekken Eight. That was you know that wasn't surprising. Uh, but hey, it's it's happening. Uh, it seemed like they had like requested that Namco not show the actual game at Evo oh, when everyone else was showing their fighting games. So they just showed like here's a Tekken thing. Like everyone was like, "This is Tekken Eight. Why aren't you just showing Tekken Eight?" And then, like, a month later, hey, here it is at this state of play. Like Tekken. It's, it's fine. I'm not huge on it, but I don't hate it. The thing that I actually cared about... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I want to bring this up because this is ridiculous to me. There were two different games announced at that set in the Bakumatsu period of Japan. Which is... Really quite specific. <laughs> How long does the Bakumatsu period actually look as you check this? Okay. So the Bakumatsu was approximately between 1850 and 1870 in Japan. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a very, you know, it's an impactful part of history. One of the most uh, famous uh, of what people would think of when they think of samurai uh, lived during that period. Point where I think one of the live alive characters is basically him. Let me double 
double check. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So we've got we've got two of those. Uh, one of them was an entirely newly announced game from Team Ninja called Rise of the Ronin. It was Neo Three for a second. Okay. I back. assumed it was. Oh, you. Of course you did. Um. Uh. Yeah, I assumed it was Neo Three at first as well. Um. Uh, see. Oh, looking at the, other uh, other Dark Souls. <laughs> looking at chat. Most trials fans I know might have been into the billion waiting for a Chinese streamer to play Kuro Two. Yeah, well, I'm like nine games from getting to Kuro Two, so I'm not I'm not at that point. Um. Should have expected a redemption arc from every Lone Wolf and Cub-esque story. Yeah, but the problem for God of War is that it was not Lone Wolf and Cub until they decided that one was, that one was Lone Wolf and Cub, and they, they've got a lot of baggage that they don't really have the capacity to address. Um, and they should have showed that trailer at Evo. Yes, yes, they should have. I think that a lot of Tekken 8's, like, the power of the Tekken 8 announcement was heavily blunted by showing something that's like, clearly we're ready to show Tekken 8, but we're also not going to show it to you. And then, you know, like five other fighting games were shown or announced and people got excited about those. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Koei Tecmo's uh, Team Ninja showed Rise of the Ronin. At first I assumed it was going to be Neo 3. I just assumed that like eventually there was going to be a turn there'd be demons. But no. Uh, seems to be set during the Bakumatsu period and it looks like nothing so much as Assassin's Creed from about eight years ago. Uh like I, which is a really mean thing to say. Uh, I'd love it if Rise of the Ronin was set in the Neo universe. Only for shoutouts to DOA and Ninja Gaiden. I don't, I don't think they will. A part of me wonders if the reason that they didn't just pull the trigger on a Neo three was that technically there was some sort of tie up for the original Neo with Kurosawa's estate because it was like allegedly it was supposedly loosely, loosely, uh, when it started development in, like, 2004, the PS3 game was allegedly very loosely based on uh, a, the, like, a unproduced Kurosawa script, and that title may have inherently produced some sort of tie-up about who had to be paid to make more Neo games. Uh, or maybe, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that could have happened there. Allegedly, this game has been in development since 2015. Like, the trailer was like, hey, it's been in some sort of production since 2015, and then at the end it says it comes out in 2024, and all I can think is what the hell happened to that project that that was allowed to happen. Uh, it apparently started development in 20... It, like, I presume, you know, pre-production, but, you know, started pre-production in 2015. It sort of looks like it, just from what they actually showed. Like it, it look not not in the sense of like any sort of technical concern, but just in the sense of like it looks like what people were thinking of as like this is open world games in 2015, and there has been a lot of shifts in that genre since. So I'm very curious if it's actually accounted for them because it sure looked like Assassin's Creed from the mid 2010s. Oh dear. What's that? Is it oh dear? That would not. <laughs> yeah. That would not be good. Yeah, it wouldn't even be bad. It would just be like people got very tired of this kind of this take on the genre. Yeah. Um, and Ninja Gaiden 4 is still fine in the sky. After Ninja Gaiden 3 and Ninja Gaiden Z, I don't want them to touch it again. 
Yeah. Like, take take their take their tools away. They don't know what to do with that franchise. Um. But yeah. Um. But yeah, it it looks fine. Uh, there's there was not a lot actually shown of it. Like I, when I say it looked like Assassin's Creed, I'm basing that on some very very early footage. So God only knows. Who knows? Maybe maybe it will be good. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it will be well produced. I don't know if it will be interesting, which I would consider very different. But uh, yeah, so that, that's our first and to me less interesting Bakumatsu game, because uh, you're gonna have to live. You're gonna have to sit here for a minute, wheels. Like a dragon, Ishin. I will sit here then, like a now. dragon. What's that? I said I will sit here like a dragon. But yeah, like a dragon, Ishin. Uh, Sega has finally ripped the band-aid off and just dropped the name Yakuza entirely. It's now just like a dragon. Is that a good idea? Do you think? I think it's at worst a lateral move. Okay. <laughs> uh. The, like the problem with the name Yakuza was that it was always extremely generic. It is kind of generic, yeah. Like it, you know, because like Ryugagotoku, which literally just means like a dragon. Like Ryugagotoku is odd, but it, it's evocative. It, it like it's thematically tied, but it doesn't require you, like, especially after events happen throughout the series that like allow them to move the plot away from the Yakuza sometimes. Like, you know, the name Yakuza becomes weird and vestigial, and it doesn't really evoke anything specific other than if you already know the franchise. And it's like, it's one of those things, it's also a legacy of a localization that no one was ever happy with. Uh, if DMC and Mega Man have redemption arc, then why not Ninja Gaiden? Because you would need someone in Koei Tecmo who seemed like they knew how to make a character action game, and also, uh, I would uh, argue that DMC never had a <laughs> redemption arc. They had a redemption arc in the eyes of fans, but... Uh, Screw those fans. True enough, but uh, point is... Yeah, uh, there's there's no one at Koei Tecmo now that seems like they yeah. have both the inclination and capacity to make a good character action game at the moment. Um, but yeah... Uh, yeah, so Like a Dragon Ishin, which in Japan uh, has the more clarified title of Ryugoku Ishin Kiwami. It is a proper remake of the PS3, uh, of the PS4 launch title. It's a dual PS3, PS4 release uh, that uh, seems to have like swapped out a lot of the characters. So one of the so Ishin is kind of the second of a weird couplet of uh, I'd also like something to rub at Itagaki's face who's now uh, reduced to making NFT shit I think life has rubbed him in the face at this stage <laughs> um, but yeah uh, the, there were there were two of these like we're going to take cast of Yakuza and set them in a his like there's essentially the same kind of person but they're like a historical figure so the first one was kenzan and kenzan was a uh it was the first ps3 uh like a dragon game uh it was like halfway between like a spin-off and engine test like a whole bunch of weird things going on 
but in that case, uh, uh, Kiryu was cast in the role of Miyamoto Musashi. The like when you think of a samurai, you're thinking of Miyamoto Musashi, uh, and like the the idea was that like the entire story would be populated by Yakuza characters, but they were like some sort of like period figure or you know just a new character, but you know they were clearly based off of an old character. Uh, Ishin did the same thing. It came out shortly after Yakuza Five, and so because of that, it has a t the original version had a ton of Yakuza Five characters in it uh, because that was the recent game at the time. Uh, no one cares about Yakuza Five. <laughs> um, it's not a bad game, but it's uh, it's a game with a lot of problems. It's too long, and you know the the secondary characters from it are not particularly beloved. Uh, whereas uh, this this new version, like a Dragon Ishin, Ishin Kwami, whatever you want to call it, uh, has essentially recast a bunch of the the characters. Like they've been replaced by characters from zero and six and seven. Uh, so ge generally more relevant to uh, players who have gotten into the series in the past five years. Uh, the you know the game looks like it's gotten a pretty decent facelift to be a proper PS4 and PS5 game, uh, and you know it's the first time that we're getting it. Uh, I'm I'm a little sad that they that this seems to scuttle the idea of them ever revisiting uh, Ryugagoto Kenzan, uh, which is uh, which is a very neat game, but it's extremely old at this stage in terms of like yeah, because the game's for a very long time did not change that much, but the quality of life improvements from game to game were vast. And that one is very old at this stage. And unless they decide to go back and remake that separately, which would be a really weird choice at this stage, I, I just don't think we're ever going to see it again. Um, but yeah, like a dragon Sheen, which that's cool. I like, I like, like, <laughs> I like Like a Dragon, I like Samurai. Uh, this was always kind of a white whale sort of game. It was very well uh, received when it came out in Japan way back in the day. And we just, you know, we never got it. Because at the time, uh, Ryugagotoku games just didn't come here. Just wasn't happening. Uh, they bet their chips on maybe people will like it if it has zombies, and Dead Souls was a complete colossal failure. Um, because it's, it's a pretty mediocre game. But yeah, uh, so yeah, like a Dragon Ishin. Looking forward to it. And then they announced. Hmm? So looking forward to it. Yeah. And then they announced uh, two more, yeah, uh, like a Dragon games. Uh, like a Dragon Eight, which is, uh, you know, it's it's the sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's uh, yeah, it's another turn-based RPG. Uh, as uh, Ichiban and his crew, but there will also be parts of the story focused on the continuing exploits of original protagonist uh, Kazuma Kiryu. I am curious how much of the game will star each of them. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that looks great. We saw, we knew, we know very little about it. It comes out in early 2024, and they basically just announced the existence of this 
uh, of of the game and said, yeah, early 2024. Cool. And then they showed a trailer for a new spinoff, uh, smaller in scale, though not small by any means, because uh, Like a Dragon games never are, but a smaller in scale game to come out between uh, Ishin and 8. This one is Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Uh, and it is an interqual set between uh, 6 and 7 that is meant to be an explanation of what Kiryu was doing after 6. Uh, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah. I am that ex- one, I'm excited that for, the, for, for the dual protagonist in 8. I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, by by all accounts, the, the each of them will have a different party as well, which would be interesting yeah. to see who that's composed of. What, what's going to be interesting, especially for that one for me, is uh, who they cast for the dub. Yeah, uh, Kiryu Kiryu has had essentially a dub voice for a while, but it will be interesting. Uh, I assume most of them will be retained, but yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. But yeah, uh, the man who erased his name comes out sometime late next year, and will uh, and will that one's another action RPG style game. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting. There's one of the things I was joking about earlier was that there is no such thing as a period where there is like one upcoming like a dragon game there's always either zero or three enough <laughs> it's like there's either you don't know what's coming next or uh you know that there are like five <laughs> uh but yeah um uh, i mean they can they maintain a consistent bar of quality and uh on some level <laughs> the amount that you're going to invest in them to uh, keep track of the ongoing plot line is similar to the Trails games at this stage. Which is very funny to me to think about. Um, but yeah, looks great. Uh, very exciting. Uh, they made up one of the most ridiculous excuses anyone has ever come up with for why there aren't any Switch versions of any of the games. What's that? Uh, uh, they said that it, the games are uh, too violent and that they need to have an underground feel that might contrast with the Switch. The actual answer is that uh, they're still stinging from how badly Yakuza 1 and 2 HD sold on the Wii U. And uh, Sold badly on the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, uh, as it turns out, two barely upgraded PS2 games sold badly on a console that also sold badly. Shocking. Yeah, but it's one of those things, like once bitten, twice shy. Uh, I... I figure that it's going to require the Switch's successor to make the porting jobs easier and probably Nintendo going to them and like offering some sort of specific support to make them less gun-shy about it. But we'll see. Uh, I suspect that's not the last word we'll ever hear about uh, Like a Dragon Games on the Switch or, or its successor at this stage, but that's where we are at this stage. Uh, yeah. Um, after that, uh, oh yeah, Which the is getting 
um, I was going to say Switch is getting all the most recent Resident Evil games, but in cloud form, how do we feel about that? Oh, hold on. Thank I, you. I like Thank you for resubscribing for 16 months, Hollywood. You're the best and original <laughs> subscriber. I was going to say it's probably the only way they could get those games to run on Switch, unfortunately, but... Um, I mean, yeah, it's not like it was competing with a more proper port. This isn't like the Kingdom right. Hearts one. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure what you're going on about uh, Cloud Crisis Core on Switch. That's not a cloud game. Crisis Core mm-hmm. Union is just a box game. <laughs> yeah. No, Crisis Core is definitely not a cloud game. Yeah. But would you um, be willing to suffer through a cloud version of it if no. there were no other option? No. Probably no. Not. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. No. You could, good. Like, oh. good. Yeah. To, to, to get to the logistics here, you could absolutely get like Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 remastered or uh, Yakuza 0 or Kiwami 1 to run on Switch if you actually had the desire to do it. Like, all of those are natively PS3 games that have been barely improved on uh, higher, like on more powerful consoles. Like you look at something like, like any of those would be feasible ports to do. The thing is that they they do not like. I would imagine that the Ryugaku Studios has very little bandwidth, just extremely little bandwidth, uh, given that they're always running through like three, maybe four projects. Uh, so to take people off those projects to make which Ryugagotoku games happen, they would absolutely need to feel like there was some kind of guarantee for them. Um, and yeah, that's that's just not gonna. <laughs> they 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 do not feel that confidence, so it keeps not happening. Uh, but let's see. Uh, um my question um yes yeah, we brought up the new crisis core okay so in your opinion what constitutes a remake versus a remaster for instance you know we've discussed the last of us part one to me that's not a remake but this crisis core game looks closer to a remake than a remaster to me i don't know there, do there's think? a reason like there was internal debate about how to refer to Crisis Core FF7. Like, there's interviews with, like, Nomura where he's like, yeah, we weren't sure how to describe it because, like, we did a lot more to it than a remaster, but we didn't rip it up from the ground up like FF7 remakes, so we weren't sure what to call it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would say that the answer is the same as how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the question is, does do the changes make the new game feel worthwhile? And you know, in the case of something like Last of Us Part 1, I mean, it was never going to feel worthwhile to me because I didn't like The Last of Us, but it also doesn't seem like it was a great value proposition for most people because that was still a game. It was never a game that was allowed to leave your mind and be like, oh, I didn't think I'd get, I hadn't thought about playing that for a while. Uh, because, you know, we had the giant hype cycle for Last of Us 2 that lasted like five years because they announced it and then talked about it every few months, but never actually showed it for five years and then it finally came out. So like the last of us as a con like the first game never really left the public consciousness so there was no real chance for the remake to differentiate itself and they did they did redo basically every 
asset in that game, but it doesn't fucking matter because, like, there's no broad reinterpretation of the original. It doesn't feel like a different game to the original. It just feels like they spent a lot of time, like, reinventing the wheel. <laughs> I get to the end of the game, am I still expected to shoot up a hospital full of innocent people? You know, I, I the hated yes. the ending. Almost assuredly, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I hated the ending main, mainly because they didn't give me a choice, right? And mm-hmm. I get that it's supposed to be cinematic, and yeah, the, the story is Joel decides to doom all of humanity to save Ellie, fine. But as a player, I don't know if... I, I wish I had had a choice, and then maybe they could have done two endings and just said, okay, well, actually, now the one where he saves her is canon. They could have just done that, but... Could have, but didn't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Fire saying, speaking of remakes, what's your opinion on the idea that there isn't, just isn't more resource put behind the remake of the original when they shouldn't have remade the game in the first place? Case in point, Panzer Dragon Front Mission. Speaking of Front Mission remake is looking at the menu the fastest way to see if a game is made on a budget no because menus are almost always in very few cases are menus not one of the last things that's nailed down that's why you see and you'll sometimes see cases where they were like they were just put off too long uh an infamous one is uh castlevania symphony of the night that game's menus are extremely inelegant and it's because they were placeholder uh menus that never got replaced um like UI is one of the most ever-changing things about a game, and it's always one of the last things to get fixed. Uh, and yeah, that means that sometimes it ships very suboptimally. Um, let's see, uh, I don't care about effort. I'm not buying effort. Like, also, what's wrong with the Panzer Dragoon remake? Uh, people that... were disappointed in it because it performed poorly when it launched. Mostly Have you played the original game? <laughs> it <laughs> runs like ass. People well, expect different things now. but Hey, I bought it on Switch when it came out, and that version runs like ass, too. No, it's it been patched. It's been patched. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. fine now. But it runs yeah. fine now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things like... Uh, so my, my broad opinion, uh, a few more questions before, uh, but yeah, uh, there, there's, there's some other like things to go along with, uh, with that. Like personally, I would like it generally if, if it's at all possible for the original unretouched version of the game to be at least an option for what to play. I get that that's often not possible for like a multitude of reasons, but I regret that it isn't more often the case. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I'm not buying effort. I'm buying a game. It's the same thing where like uh, it, people people would be uh, would get very up in arms about like uh, the the packaging of a game and like the the way that it you know you know certain certain aspects of the the physical uh presentation and i like physical games but at the same time like there it reached a point especially back before digital had taken over where people would be very specific and fastidious about these and all i think it's like did you, you you bought a game you didn't buy uh like like people would get into this like well games should be cheaper because disc manufacturing is very expensive and it's like you aren't buying disc like the disc is just a medium that they sell it to you on like you're buying the the game 
is like, like 10 cents worth of plastic yeah yeah and it's like the you know the the, the price is to uh it's both to pay for like the sheer cost of development and also the fact that you get to play it forever <laughs> uh or at least until the physical medium decays uh Uh, see, has there ever been a piece of news that makes you see a video game in a completely new light? For example, when it was revealed a few months ago. A doozy. Yeah, no, this one's a lot. SAS tortured and murdered dozens of unarmed victims in Iraq. Saw a lot of conversation about the reason Call of Duty is not on a warrant level and how it misled people about the non-existent professionalism and restraint of the SAS. Uh, Ah, okay. I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, thank you for the clarification. Um, but yeah, uh, the thing is, in general, the only thing that would this would that would do this to me is finding out the depths of a truly hellish crunch cycle. Because when you look at something like Call of Duty, like my my personal philosophy is like, yeah, all of these are jingoism simulators, like don't trust their portrayals of like military personnel as far as you can throw them. So like my opinion on it hasn't changed. It's the same as it ever was. It is the nature of the beast. There's a reason I don't play a lot of those kinds of games. Uh, anyone, anyone have like a, like news about a game or surrounding it or like affect their opinion strongly on it? Uh, I mean, I was, of course, I was boycotting Call of Duty, like, well, I wouldn't say I was boycotting, but you know what I mean? Like, I stopped playing that those games, like, over a year ago, because I just got fed up with all of the, well, I just got fed up with the game, but then when the all of the Activision Blizzard allegations came out, it was like, okay, now I definitely don't. No, no I just don't feel good playing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but it, it's like... Oh, the whole the whole industry bugs me sometimes because it's like you know we know how the sausage is made but it's delicious and we keep eating it and it's like well you know we know that they all have skeletons in their closet and uh, Sorry, I don't know. Down. yeah <laughs> it's like I still like I still bought um you know Tony Hawk and Diablo 2 those remasters because those were vicarious visions and I figured they're on the other side of the country from where all those the misconduct supposedly and they got right. yeah hopefully so, still in their own offices <laughs> i mean i wish there was a way to support developers without necessarily supporting the publisher but that's, there's no can't. option exactly that's kind of why i don't generally like boycott things because right. the only one the only people that end up getting hurt are not the people you're trying to like stick it to essentially yeah because at the end of the day bobby kotick is still a fucking billionaire right yep so it will be until the day he's dead uh, let's see uh oh and uh fireminer clarifies the question about remakes not in terms of effort so much as in trying to differentiate uh, the remake from the original oh yeah this is stepping uh... into Huh? Oh, I was just gonna say, in terms of like Panzer Dragoon, 
I think that's I think those games are worth preserving kind of the original experience but making them not look like a Saturn game. I think that's I, I would worthwhile. They gave me the option to make them look like the Saturn game, but like I get that there's technical issues about doing yeah. that. Uh, but this is actually stepping into something like a piece I've been trying to write for Patreon that I have not been able to fully edit into something that I am happy with yet, but it will be by the end of the month. Um, but basically, uh, doesn't Humble Bundle have some clauses about the games they sell or made ethically? I, if they do, I don't think they're enforced in meaningful fashion. Um, because like when I, whenever someone does that, it's like, well, what's the enforcement mechanism for that? What's the criteria? And, but uh, was I gonna say something about it? Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, I have a somewhat somewhat of a distaste personally for uh, updating the graphics and doing nothing to the game because I dislike the idea that there is a sin that an old game looks old and it needs to not look old in order to sell it. Mm. I think that, you know, those old games have key historical, like, historicity that, like, an update can't necessarily recapture. And I get that it's very difficult, in some sense, to sell an old game, especially by itself, uh... In, in the modern age as just like we're re-releasing this classic video game by itself with very limited quality of life enhancements maybe uh, that, that's that's a hard sell and I get why this gets done but in, in my general opinion I don't like remakes that are built as replacements for an old game just uh, in terms of we have taken this old game and we've tried to spruce it up and spit shine it so it looks new and like oh you know i can cut some slack for like front mission essentially everything forever entertainment's been doing front mission house of the dead uh panzer dragoon because they're old games that you just can't play anymore and they're you know there's there's something to be said for you know it's better than nothing like to just release these updated versions because otherwise people just don't get blame at all uh and that's that's down to the publisher. The publisher said, "This is what we want." Uh, but uh, like if philosophically, uh, I dislike things that promote a marketplace that uh, considers an old game looking old to be a problem. And so, uh, or like an old game that doesn't have certain features, like anything that makes it harder to re-release old games. So like. The Last of Us Part 1 is a PS3 game, and it, uh, the original game is a PS3 game, and it looks fine now. There's there's not a lot of distance between the PS3 version and the PS5 version as far as, like, you know, I can look at both of them and say, those look different, but if you didn't tell me which one was supposed to look better, I probably would be 50-50 on them. Because, I mean, it's, it's just not a lot of daylight between them. But, you know, you, you get to these... Uh, it creates this idea that like if something is even remotely noticeably old, that's a problem that needs to be addressed before you can release it. And I'd much rather that it's just like make it as easy as possible. Don't don't make them shoehorn in achievements. I don't need them. 
do not make it so that it's required that like X, Y, and Z features that make it harder to re-release an old game must be there because it's just it makes it it, it limits the amount of old games you're ever going to see again. Like you know, we do not live in a world where anyone is ever going to remake. Uh, let's let's pull out something that essentially no one would actually want, but we'll pull it out. No one's ever going to remake Machina. You're never going to see that game again. But if we lived in a world where, like, we didn't treat this as, like, a mark of shame, you might see that level of, like, here's a weird old game that came out on, like, a system that failed. And we're just going to put it out here and let people play it. And, like, I, you know, that I would prefer that to, well, if we're going to re-release this old game, we have to spruce it up because people won't accept it if it just looks and plays old, so... We have to completely redo it, and it loses historical capacity. And yeah, uh... Let's see, uh, Fireminer saying a lot of people are complaining that the front mission, uh, front mission remake still has guns that only fire one square away instead of several squares away, which the second game introduced. I mean. Once you do that, you're looking at a much more extensive remake than what was evidently budgeted for. So, and because, like, you know, you could say, well, they did it in the second game, but, like, the second game had uh, enemy AI and maps designed around that, and this very much doesn't. Uh, but, yeah, like, the kinds of remakes I like, the ones that stick with me, are, like, the RE2 remake or the FF7 remake, where they've taken the fundamental underpinnings of an old game and they've completely rethought the game yep. like you could never conflate it with the original and it doesn't function as a replacement for the original I, I think both of those games feel like they are fundamentally designed around the idea of like the original game is a different game and this is a new game that is using a lot of the ideas of the original game but it's using them to produce a fundamentally different work yeah. and uh, I, I think those are the kinds of remakes that I care about like if you're if you don't have anything new to say then you know you're just colorizing a black and white film <laughs> so yeah that's that's my opinion either of you got strong opinions affirming or contrary no i, I agree that um i would define a remake as something that actually kind of re-envisions and hmm. like like you said, I don't expect it to replace the original game. You know, you can still go back and play FF7, and it's still a very good game. Um, but it's like, so for me, if all you do is improve graphics, that is not a remake. That is a remaster. That is the very definition of a remaster. Mm -hmm. So if Last of Us Part 1 will not change any story elements, and it doesn't even update the gameplay... And yeah, sure, they added new accessibility features, but then you're locking it behind a $70 paywall. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's not fair. So, yeah. Um, I, I think my thing has to do more so with just... As if thing, You can do whatever you want, but label it properly and don't try and, you know, artificially inflate the cost, mm. you know, with market, marketing terms and all that. Mm. So... Oh, yeah. What about you, Wheels? Uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, I've been fighting Malos this whole time, and he's a fucking asshole. 
But tell me how you really feel. He has a sliver of health, and now I have to try to fight him for a third fucking time. Nope. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Xenoblade 2 is a great game, except it just routinely pisses me off with overly <laughs> difficult boss fights and no GPS to tell me how to actually get to the fucking objective that's supposed to be below me even though I'm standing right next to it. Um, Sounds like you're having a great time. Uh, you, sound, you sound a little angry. So that's what are I've been doing. The whole time we've been talking, I've been, I've been trying to fight fucking Malos and it's like to save Pyra and I'm just like, God. Okay, so we, we need to backtrack a little to news. Because we skipped yes, the thing we... we actually care the most about. <laughs> yeah, which was the Nintendo Direct that had oh, awesome I was going to talk about the forward. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. You <laughs> fucker. Uh, uh, fucking Ubisoft. <laughs> it's, 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 very, it's, it's a very strange uh, position to be in because, uh, yeah. Uh, Look, dude, I, I like Far Cry... I liked Immortals Phoenix Rising, but I do not give a fuck about Assassin's Creed anymore. Let uh, me tell you, I don't care about the Rabbids. Oh, I like. Uh, I don't care about Watch Dogs. I, I like Ninth Century Baghdad as a uh, setting, so I'll probably look at Assassin's Creed Mirage. But yeah, that's all I can say. Um, they announced like five Assassin's Creed games. One of them is an open world mobile game set in China. One of them is a ninja game, uh, potentially uh, being headed up by an alleged user. That's a real shame. Not surprising, but a real shame. And one that's set in like Central Europe and is a big old RPG again. So, yep, that's uh, that was the Ubisoft forward. Okay, Nintendo Direct. All the things. They, uh, there were like five different farming RPGs. It's incredible. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm not even against it. I just think yeah. it's incredible that it happened. Story, story, <laughs> another story of Seasons remake. Uh, yep, the story of Seasons remake of the game that ends with you dying. <laughs> of old age, I hope. Kind of. Okay. I'll have to play the game to find out. Uh, uh, it turns out that uh, heaven, heaven in story of season, <coughs> yeah, turns out that heaven in story of seasons is working on a farm forever. Oh, lovely! <laughs> but yeah, um, so let's. Uh, but yeah, that's that's hardly the only thing. Let's, let's get this. We we've got a lot to cover. Uh, okay. Uh, you don't have a list of everything we can just. I, I'm looking oh, yeah. at a list of everything. That's, yeah, so it's Fire Emblem. With, yep, Fire Emblem Engage. Yes, Engage. It looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you summon heroes from other Fire Emblem games and they come yeah, through some weird just... time portal it's thing. Like, yeah, they show, it's they like show Fire like Emblem Heroes minus the gotcha bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They showed basically all the lords from the mainline games. Uh, I would suspect that there will be other fan favorite characters available. Yeah. They look like stands or personas or mirages, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Looks cool. Uh, yeah, it's also kind of them incorporating Tokyo Mirage sessions. Um, but yeah. So that looks good. Uh, I think that's January. Like, that's really yeah. close. 
Yeah, I saw some uh-huh. people complaining about it, but you know, you got to look at the massive popularity of Fire Emblem Heroes, and uh, making a game like this to me is a no-brainer. Yeah, no, this this makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, they can acknowledge a bunch of old games. Uh, I, one thing that I saw people saying was like, "We're going to make a game where you play, interact with all the uh, prior Fire Emblem characters. Can we play these games? Absolutely not." And it's like. Yeah, I get being upset, but if I'm Nintendo, I also probably wouldn't want people to uh, necessarily play the old games and realize no. how they actually played. Because <laughs> uh, those games subsist a lot on their reputations. I've played uh, Shadow Dragon, which I think was the remake of the first game. Yep, that's not and a great remake. It is, yeah. But the original game sucks, so <laughs> they didn't have a lot to work it has, with. It has aged a lot. It has aged a lot. Yeah. You should you should really play that remake of three. Um, I think you would probably be able to find that at least a little more agreeable. Yeah, but yeah like uh, it, it's aged a lot. It's aged. Um, but uh, yeah, so that looks good. Uh, one of the nice things about a Nintendo Direct like this is I don't think that there's anything in that direct aside from maybe one game that they announced that is set for further out than june of next year yeah it's true like, it was it was just all stuff that you'll be playing in the foreseeable future um let's see but yeah fire emblem engage looks fun uh i like fire emblem uh and this looks like a good one uh very red and blue. Everyone's joking that the protagonist is a pair of Joy-Cons. Uh, I think that the uh, the female version of the main character looks a lot better. I was kind of surprised they can't, we're showing everything with the male the male one. I think the the female protagonist has a better look, but maybe that's just me. They're pretty lateral moves to me. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, announced a port of the co-op game. It takes two. Uh, that looks, you know, people seem to like it takes two, so more ways to play it. Play um, it because it's two-player required. You yeah, can't I mean, just get an it, AI buddy. It takes yeah. two. It does. Uh, <laughs> They're it not takes kidding. Two. Uh, Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Uh, released a way back in like 2008 on the Wii as Fatal Frame 4, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. We never got that. Uh... It was partially developed by Goichi Suda, Breath manufacturer. Uh, and yeah, like by all accounts, there were issues with the Wii version in terms of like technical issues that Nintendo wanted sorted, but they weren't willing to pay Tecmo Koei enough for what Tecmo Koei wanted to implement the changes, so they didn't. And that game just never came out in the US. Finally, been rescued, it's being remade and re released for uh, every modern console, but of course, you know, Switch version because that was where they announced it. Uh, but yeah, it's really nice. Uh, that means that perplexingly Fatal Frame 4 and 5 will be extremely available and Fatal Frame 1, 2, and 3 will be not available at all, Hmm. which a bit of a shame. Those are good games. Uh, please make a Fatal Frame 1 through 3, uh, collection, Koei Tecmo, please and thank you. Uh, none of those games emulate well either, which is a shame. Um... Oh, yeah. Speaking of games that don't emulate well, 
Goldeneye. Goldeneye. No, that emulates fine. But no, I'm going to talk about something else first. Because okay. this is a game that only I care about. Okay. And that uh, was perplexing. I did not have any idea how it could happen. Uh, fitness Boxing, Fist of the North Star. What the hell is that? So you know Fitness Boxing? It's like No, it I awful. don't actually. <laughs> fitness Boxing is a like a Switch game. I think Nintendo itself might have made it, but it's like it's a it's just a fitness game that you know, you box to uh, you know, keep yourself fit. It's about what you'd expect. Uh well, they're skinning it with Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Uh, is extremely specific. I don't know who it's for other than me. I kind of want it. Uh, I, I still have no idea how it happens. <laughs> I'm perplexed by it. Can, we, add, can uh, we answer this Fireminer question really quick before we forget about it? Which one? He asked, is the Gianna sisters being resurrected because people really like it, or was it just a meme? Uh, I would say it's uh, it's closer to the Bubsy end than it is to Panzer Dragoon end. Yeah. I thought it That's was a right. perfectly cromulent platformer. I mean, original Gianna sisters, especially, it's just it's fine. It's it's what happens when you're like, I have technical expertise in the Commodore 64 and absolutely no creative, not a single creative bone in my body. <laughs> um, and so. I mean, Gianna sisters for. Steam and every other platform. You're telling Push me that was like a, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a revival of a Commodore 64. Oh, okay. Then I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, Great Gianna Sisters for Commodore 64. For those unaware, is uh, one of the most naked, unabashed knockoffs I've ever seen in a video game. Like yeah. it is just if you look at the opening, it's like I can see why Nintendo sued the shit out of you for this. Uh, like they basically just plagiarized level one one. Yep. And like once you get to that point, it's like you don't you yeah, you you kind of brought that on yourself. Like I, I get like there's the desire to you know, Nintendo was a bigger company and you know yeah, that the you know, litigious big companies shut down uh things that probably should be defensible all the time. Original Gianna Sisters is not really defensible. Uh but yeah. I think it's mostly a meme uh, more than it, it's like, you know, the, the modern games have their constituency. People kind of like Twisted Dream and all that. I don't think uh, that they were revived for anything other than the infamy of the name. Yeah, probably not. Uh, by, by all accounts, people who have played it say that, you know, Gianna Sisters is a pretty good Commodore 64 platformer, probably better than most of them, because it's mostly just knocking off Super Mario Brothers. Uh, also, you, you kind of invite uh, even more uh, like fire, legal fire and brimstone on yourself when you make a knockoff that naked and then have the uh, the advertisements be like, watch out watch out brothers or whatever it's like, it's very specific, like, ah oh, they're gonna kick your ass Mario it's a it's a very, very specific time and place um, uh, like European computer games of that era have a very loose uh, connection to what we would consider uh, trademark and copyright infringement nowadays. Uh, but yeah. Um, 
let's see. But yeah, uh, going down the list of things that were direct. So yeah, Fitness Box, Fist of the North Star, that's a game for no one but me. But, I mean, I'm into it. Uh, Tunic's getting ported to the Switch. Uh, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That seems like it. I, I'm, if it weren't for the fact that I think that there was some sort of payment to get it directly onto Game Pass first, I would imagine it, it, I would be shocked if, like, this was not a case of dispersion was always waiting in the wings for when that for whenever whatever deal was associated with it expired. Uh, it's it's a very switch looking game. I'll put it that way, not in terms of necessarily uh, technical merit, but just like this is the kind of game that I expect people to play on the switch. Um, let's see, Did it, has anyone played Tunic? No, I didn't try it's, it's, yet. It's cute. It's pretty good. Um. It looks like Zelda with a fox. Yeah, kind of, but with like meaner, more Dark Souls-y structure and combat. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, let's see. Um, they finally gave us uh, a release date on that Front Mission remake. It's coming out in November. Uh, and then Front Mission 2 in 2023, that's the one I'm really excited for because that has never had an official English release and the fan translation is a problem. Huh. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, just in terms of like, there, there's all sorts of technical issues around uh. it seemingly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, more surprisingly, they then uh, proclaimed that there was a Front Mission 3 remake to complete that trilogy. Yeah, they kind of just uh, slipped that in there. Yeah, like at the end, it just said Front Mission 3 in the future. I'm like, that's cool. I like that. Um, I mean, at, at that point, with all the assets Bill have made, it makes perfect sense to just be like, fuck it, do 3 as well. Uh, but, you know, it's it's nice because Front Mission 3 is the one I've played, and Front Mission 3 is a fucking masterpiece. So more people playing Front Mission 3 would be nice. Um, and hey, maybe, maybe they can do 4 and 5 eventually because... Uh, Four is okay, but five we never got officially. It has a fan translation, and by all accounts, that fan translation is pretty good. But, you know, we didn't get it. Like, it just never came out in English. It was a late PS2 game, and Square just passed it over. But by all accounts, it's really, really good, so I'd like to play it. But, uh, everyone should play Front Mission 3 and bask in that game's uh, bafflingly detailed virtual internet. Uh, <laughs> That is also a game where you make a choice that seems innocuous at the beginning of the game, and then if you play the game again and make the opposite choice, you realize it's actually a complete bifurcation of the entire plot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, you make a choice that doesn't seem consequential, but uh, it, it determines uh, what side you are and what side you're on in the war, I believe. And, uh, yeah, uh, the entire rest of the game is different. <laughs> But yeah, um, as mentioned, Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life. Uh, that's that's coming out. Uh, a Wonderful Life is one of the weird uh, Story of Seasons games. Pokemonogatari, Harvest Moon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, nowadays, you would you would just call it Story of Seasons, but at the time, it was released as Harvest Moon: A Wonderful Life. But uh, Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life is one of the weirder ones because it's like a, you know it. All of them have a time system, but. A Wonderful Life was the one where it's like, oh, your character is getting older. You don't just get married and have a kid. You watch your kid grow up and pursue, like, choose their pursuits in life. And, you know, it, it had, like, a sort of 
uh, different feeling and a sort of melancholy associated with it because of that. So it's interesting to see that one come back. Uh, that, that series, of course, has a huge cult following, but uh, that one in specific has its own like sub-cult following. So good for it to come back. Uh, another reason that people will hopefully, one day, hopefully, will never have to drag out their GameCubes again. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, here's a here's a big one. Octopath Traveler Two. Yes. In February. That's very soon. How, <laughs> yep. how big is that team? <laughs> uh, I think that Team Asano has like probably at least three or four teams within it at this stage. Uh. Uh, this one is not Switch exclusive. Uh, it will be coming simultaneously to PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC. Sorry, Xbox. Um, but yeah, uh, Octopath Traveler 2, eight more, uh, eight more main characters, uh, same art style, uh, seemingly same class system. Uh, but you know, it looks more, it looks like more Octopath, and I'm down for that. Uh, think they're they're doing something to try to make the characters feel more like they belong in the same story rather than eight people who happen to be along for the ride for each other's stories. Yeah. Uh, I think they suppose I was seeing I haven't looked too hard at the press releases around it but I was seeing uh, chatter that they were adding in like uh, sub like sub events that involve like two characters teaming up that sort of thing so they, they should maybe feel a little more connected this time which would be nice uh, so that was kind of the the biggest issue a lot of people had with Octopath Traveler ones that it didn't feel like eight people uh, in a shared story. It felt like eight people pursuing kind of eight, eight stories. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's Octopath. I like uh, they, they've been steadily improving their output over time, and I really like Octopath one. So yeah, so there there are now uh, crossed paths, which are stories about two of the travelers together. Uh, so, you know, that should give uh, it should make the whole thing feel a little more connected. So they're addressing one of the big concerns people had with the first one. And again, that game's out in like four months. What? Yeah, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know. They, how did they do it? I just did it. Um, another farming game. This is the one I know the least about. It was called Fae uh, Farm. I don't know who's making it. Uh, you know. If you need more farms, there's another farm. Looked like uh, a thing. It looked like a video game involving yep. farming. Hey, you know what looked like a video game not involving farming? Um, could you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything. You could have uh, branched off anything, but instead we're going to talk about Final Fantasy Theater, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that looks fun. That it's looks with like... online multiplayer. Yep, and also uh, Saga featuring new, friend, featuring new friend Live Alive. Yes, yes, and Saga music DLC as well. Yeah, I think they they implied that like once you had all the DLC, you'd have well over five hundred songs. Yeah, which, uh, that should be enough. Uh, well. to get, that should that should be enough for most people's tastes. Uh, 
and yeah, uh, it comes to PS4 and Switch on February 16th. Uh, ha have your fun. Uh, I'll probably pick it up. Uh, it's been forever since I played Curtain Call, so... Too many games. What's that? Too many games. Yes, yes. Uh, February, as it's the end of the fiscal year, will be a clown car of... Uh, yeah. Game releases, so uh, get ready for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, nice to see Theater Rhythm come back. Yes, uh, a gigantic list. Uh, they talked a bit more about Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. That looks good. That comes out next month. Wheels will die. How am I um, even going to play that? Mario <sighs> Factory 3 Special, farming game number three. Uh, okay. Uh, people people like Rune Factory. People seem to particularly like Rune Factory 3, so... Hey, back, baby. They also announced played... new Rune Factory in the future. Yeah, it turns out there will be a Rune Factory 6 someday. Yeah, I played um, Rune Factory Frontier. Yeah, that's on what The Wii? Yeah. So, I, of... <laughs> I played a bit of that, but... Maybe uh, so. If I wanted to get into the Rune Factory series, what would you recommend? Any of them? Play the new one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, just play not, whatever one strikes your fancy. They're, they're numbered, but they're not. It's not like they're connected. It's they're just. They're not okay. They're just yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's just if you see one that particularly strikes your fancy, that's the one you play. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, the new one's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Rune Factory 5, uh, Rune Factory 6 also coming at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, farming farming has never been more popular than it is right now. Uh, God. Yeah, where's, uh, where's Innocent Life, a futuristic story of se uh, Seasons remake? But then you've got Pikmin 4, which... It's also kind of a farming gardening game, isn't it? <laughs> it's an RTS in a garden. <laughs> yeah. What if uh, what if Warcraft wasn't hideous? Consider. Wow. Uh, but yeah. I mean, it is. Warcraft hideous. sucks. I'm gonna go dump Pikmin in a. No, you aren't. Go shove um... Pikmin in a locker. Nerd. But yeah, uh, oh, Pikmin okay. Four. Uh, that's that's a game that has been. Like promised for many years in the state before the switch, before the switch came out, Miyamoto was saying Pikmin Four was nearly done, and I would imagine that version was thrown in the trash at some point. But uh, yeah, we're we're getting a proper Pikmin Four, uh, so that's pretty nice. Uh, I'm not, not I'm a not, weird mobile game. <laughs> yeah, Pikmin Bloom, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Pikmin mostly because I don't actually like. Uh, RTSs that much, but it's a charming RTS that plays well, and it's one of the only console-specific RTSs that actually works, so... Yeah. Well, you didn't like Little King's Story? I wouldn't even really think of that as an RTS, but I mean, I suppose it kind of... I played the Vita version of that, and it's like... Yeah, what if they made this game way uglier? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it looked okay for a Vita game. For I mean, the time. it looks technically competent, but like but the, the art style is way less charming. But the frame rate was garbage. Oh man, yeah. they did they did put that on PC eventually, where they managed to fix the frame rate to some greater or lesser extent. Uh, they announced a bunch of N64 games coming to 
Switch on yes, Mario Party. Mario Party right. 2. Mario I, Party I'm gonna 3. Put, I'm going to put it out there. I never thought they would do Mario Party 1 because of the lawsuit they ran into the first time they did that. Why is that? Uh, the stick spinning minigames. Oh, yeah, those. People, people obliterated their palms, uh, spinning the stick on their palms. And, like, you know, obviously the abrasive plastic the N64 controller is made of is yeah. no longer a problem. But at the same time, uh, they also probably don't want to encourage wear and tear on the Joy-Con sticks. But, I mean, whatever. You do you, Nintendo. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Mario Party 1, 2, 3. Uh, Pilot Wing 64. That's, that's a neat game. You don't care about that's that. Can we just talk about GoldenEye already? God damn it. No, we're not ready. We're not done yet. <laughs> All we're right. still finishing. Okay. Okay. We're going right. through this. Right. Okay. I tried to start talking about it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and we're not ready. Uh, Pilot Wing 64 is an extremely chill game, and you will not get to play GoldenEye until you've played at least some Pilot Wing 64. It's extremely chill. Give it a try. If you haven't played it since it was new, it's actually still... It's very calming. It's fun. Um... Uh, Pokemon Stadium one and two. Uh, I don't why? know why why you why? would do that without Game Boy connectivity. The single player on those is not fun. Uh, like I, I can only assume that they're like building runway to eventually do a Game Boy Switch online because it's the only way to make those worthwhile. But who knows? Maybe they're just being weird. Hey, let me copy uh, um, Pokemon from my Game Boy emulated Pokemon on my 3DS to this that would be they're not going to do that never mind Uh, let's see Uh, Excite Bike 64 no one has played that since 1999 but it's a pretty decent game and 1080 I fucking love 1080 it's not great but I love it it's a very like late 90s take on how you make a skateboarding not skateboarding snowboarding game Uh, it also has uh, weirdly filthy lyrics in the menu music but I want snowboarding kids. Snowboard kids is Atlas. You'll have to wait for that. I want snowboard kids too on every platform forever. You will get snowboard kids DS and like that. Oh, you, um, you take that back, you monster. <laughs> you will get snowboard kids too on D. You will get snowboard kids DS and like it. Uh, but yeah, now that you've eaten your vegetables, you have golden guy. Golden. Uh, do, 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 Here's what I find do, interesting, do, right? So, do, 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 right, so on the Switch, you're getting the original N64 version, probably warts and all, because Nintendo doesn't really update stuff. And but you're getting online multiplayer now. Xbox gets a remaster, no online multiplayer. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I guess you can have your golden gun, but you can't fire it too, or something. So the way I would look at it, and like I, what I've been, I've been mulling over in my head, like what happened here, and the only thing, like there, there were all sorts of jockeying to get this game to happen. It had to have at least three parties uh, agree to it. One of which is, I believe, Amazon at this stage. Oh yeah, sorry. yeah. Who, who does own James Bond? It's Amazon. It's Amazon really? now. That's wow. depressing. Yeah, I believe Amazon purchase. Eon at some stage, or at least they purchased like a distributor. I think Eon is still separate. The... Yeah, I need to double check. Like they got hold of this in some fashion. Amazon. Let me double check. 
Okay. Uh, uh, well, as far as you know, the lack of okay, they bought the... MGM, who was like the stringer on it, okay. basically. But yeah, they have some they have some stake in it, as well as Eon Productions, who still exists as well. Yeah. Uh, this is a negotiation that they tried to have 15 years ago. This almost happened 15 years ago. Uh, that was back when Activision had the license. Jeez. Oh, uh, and that was like the between that and discrepancies about the feature set of each version, no one could come to an agreement on that would allow this game to be released. Because to re-release this, you need Microsoft because they own Rare. You need Nintendo because they have some uh, amount of the publishing rights to the original GoldenEye. You need Eon, and they are extremely expensive. Uh, and you need whoever owns whatever part, whoever owns the current James Bond game rights. Like all those companies have to come together to make this happen. Uh, and last time they almost made this happen, it was going to be a Wii Virtual Console release and a, a remaster on Xbox Live Arcade. That remaster was finished. Uh, it has leaked as of like a year or so ago. Uh, if you want, you can go find tons of footage of it. It's you know, it's done. Uh, I believe that version had, uh, you know, updated textures, uh, fixed frame rate, basically kind of, you know, more so than what they're doing now. Or like right now, I don't think they're completely overhauling the textures the way that they did the last time. Uh, I believe it's just they're upraising it to 4K, cleaning up the textures and uh, smoothing out the frame rate. But it is, it is a closer looking game than it was before, I believe. That seems to be the tech that they're taking. Um, but I believe that old version had on my multiplayer. <laughs> um, what seems to have happened here is uh, that in order to get this version to come out, uh, there there was a desire that like there not be a materially worse version, that the that the Switch version not be worse in every way. And so, what was traded for remastering the Xbox version was that they would hold off on the online multiplayer because Microsoft already owns like nine multiplayer first-person shooters they'd rather be playing. Uh, so that was a concession that seemingly, like, this is just me spitballing, but I would suspect that that was a concession that they were willing to make to just get the game out there, get people to stop asking them about it. Uh, and Nintendo gets their version that has no mechanical remastering or improvements, but because of the way that the uh, Switch Online emulators are set up, has online play. So, yeah, you know, and that gets to be a materially unique version. And I have a thought about the online multiplayer that I don't think I've seen anyone really mentioning. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Since there's no like changes, that means yeah. you're going to be playing online multiplayer with split screen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the experience. Okay. <laughs> I personally think that it's uh, not a GoldenEye game unless you're screaming at someone. If you look at my screen again, I will find you and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is... Uh, it well, just wouldn't be GoldenEye without it. Well, when I first heard the term screen sheet a few years ago, I'm like, that can't be a thing. I'm like, they can see my screen too. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you had people doing the, making these like elaborate cardboard setups that would like fence off parts of the screen, and everyone oh, had to Lord. like stare at the wrong quadrant. Like people were really into like, no, you can't look at what I'm doing. But, yeah. 
That was the uh, whole point. You, you look at their screen, you find out where they are, and you go there and you shoot them. And if they're not skilled enough to defend themselves, it's their own damn fault. <laughs> and then they can look at your screen and try to hunt you down. And, and if they're not skilled to... enough to get the kill, then screw them. I'm going to kick my leg like this. And if you happen to walk in front of my foot, that's your own fault. I was just gonna say, and then one of you picks odd job, and like it's officially oh, yeah. licensed to do war crimes against each other. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, odd uh, job! Oh dear God. <laughs> but yeah, like it's one of those things. Like you know, people are saying like, oh, it's not real online. It's like I can play it against people who aren't next to me. It's online enough for me, and I consider uh, screen cheating to be part of the charm. So. I'm just glad that it's gonna come out and people can play it again, so that it's not just orphaned forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. It sucks. It doesn't have online on uh, the Xbox, but maybe people should try and play some more Perfect Dark since that has online. It's very good. Oh yeah, that, that's a that's, that's just GoldenEye, but more. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently that was much easier to do a remaster of, and then the remastered version got into the Rare Replay collection, which was yep. very nice. Yeah, which the GoldenEye uh, remaster is being added to the as an update to the Rare Replay collection as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's being added to Game Pass and the Rare Replay collection. So. Wow. Yeah, so you, at the very least, if you already have that, you aren't even paying anything extra for it. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, so, yeah, enjoy your GoldenEye. If you've got people you can play locally with, it's still a great time local multiplayer yes uh, joe and i will be playing it on stream that'll it'll be, be I'll, it'll be I'll hilarious be playing, i'll play both versions of it but i'm just it's, it's a very strange thing yeah. i mean honestly i like the single player in that a lot oh yeah no it's, i'm it's looking a good forward to that game. yeah uh let's see uh various day life what I the didn't fuck get a is that? To talk about various day lives. Uh, is it's, is it's that an another farming game? Uh, it's it's a chore simulator. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I, they they talk that it has hundreds of daily tasks or whatever. So uh, does my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you get the satisfaction of knowing that someone's proud of you for finishing it. Various day lives. <sighs> everything else, you just sort of get. Uh, Misery. Um, but yeah, Various Day Life uh, is coming to Switch and PC and probably some other things. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was made by Team Asano a few years back. No one noticed because it was an Apple Arcade game and who gives a shit? Um, I, I cannot think of a game where I've seen more people legitimately not realize that it had been released years ago. <laughs> Like the the degree to which that service is completely unknown to most people who cover video games is fascinating. Apple sucks. Also true, but uh, like I I don't know. I assume there must be subscribers to that service enough to make them keep doing it. But like I've never heard of anyone playing an Apple Arcade game. Just never heard of it. No idea who what constituency it has. Uh, Factorio is getting a Switch port. Uh, I know the kind of person who would play that. It's not me. But, uh, if you like making things run more efficiently, that's uh, that's the game for you. 
Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my Chromebook just died. So. I figured oh, something right. happened. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Japanese indie game Ebe is getting a uh, Switch port remake. I'm not sure. Uh, presumably a port. I don't know. But yeah, it's that's coming to Switch. That I I've known people who like that. I've never played it. But you know, kind of neat. Uh, there was an update to. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League and it's adding Diddy Kong and Pauline. Uh, the next round of Mario Kart 8 uh, Booster Course Pass tracks is coming. I don't recognize these tracks, but hey, that's fun. Nintendo Switch Sports is getting golf. I'm surprised that it didn't already have it. Now for update players for some Yay. reason. Eight player golf. Uh, Gelf. In case you didn't... Jolf. Uh, Just Dance 2023. I, I, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it exists. thing that will exist soon. <laughs> yep, they, they still, they're still doing those every year. Uh, I may actually let's pick one that more. up to see if my daughter likes it. Fair enough. Harvestella, <laughs> one more farming game for the farming game. Farm for the farm god. That one looked cool. Harvestella. Yeah, yeah, there's a demo yeah. out for it. That's Square Enix. That's one of the first games from a major publisher where I've seen uh, non-binary as a gender selection available on the menu. That's red. Yeah, I was, I was a fan of seeing that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it looks good. And like you know, if you're going to crash into what has suddenly become an extremely crowded market, you better have something good. And, Harvestella looks like a good one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah. everyone's finally trying to get in on that Stardew Valley money. Pretty much. Uh, that one comes out November fourth. I might pick that up because I've always, I always want to play these kinds of farming games, and that one looks like it might be the right one for me. Yeah. Um, well, I like I Rune. I like Rune Factory, so I feel like I'm gonna like this one for sure. Yeah. Same uh, kind of jam. Bayonetta 3, they did another trailer for Bayonetta 3. I didn't watch the trailer for Bayonetta 3 because I already know I'm going to play Bayonetta 3. It looks awesome. Yeah, it, it looks incredible. Uh, I like the I like the old characters, I like the new characters. Uh, it looks like it plays really well. So, What's not to like? Uh, coming out, uh, it's, that's their Halloween game. Get hype. Uh, Raincoat. Did anyone... Pay attention to this. It's a new thing from the Danganronpa people. No. Oh, yeah. It's, I, didn't uh, play, I didn't really play much of Danganronpa, but I immediately, you know, recognized the art style and thought, well, actually, this looks cool. This looks like something does, I maybe want to play. It does look interesting. Yeah. yeah, I was I was interested in that one. Uh, I admit, like, you know, the so the, so the fundamental underlying thesis of Danganronpa by the end of the third one is that you should not want to play more Danganronpa. Uh, <laughs> Because Danganronpa, it, like, <laughs> this is really, like, I'm, I'm about to spoil Danganronpa V3. Uh, but, like, the, the thesis of Danganronpa V3 is that Danganronpa is only continuing to happen because an audience demands that it happen, and that fundamentally that audience is demanding that high schoolers kill each other. Uh, and that the only, uh, that the, the greatest hope for humanity in general is to end Danganronpa as a concept. <laughs> 
so Raincode is definitely taking a lot of stylistic cues from Danganronpa, but it seems to cut out the gimmick of uh, your like winnowing down your set your cast as a set of murderers. Uh, and you know what? I'm fine with that. The like the cast is trying like every killer must be a member of the cast, and watching as all of your favorites slowly die is uh, honestly kind of kind of depressing. Uh, so you know, eventually, I kind of lost the ability to keep playing them because <laughs> they they get kind of oppressive at some point. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to give Ranko to try uh, because you know I like that kind of game. Uh, do regret that it still has like the gimmicky like Duncan Rumpa was always doing like the Ace Attorney style. Uh, you're solving a mystery, uh, presenting evidence to uh, refute lies, that sort of thing. But Danganronpa always had this gimmicky thing where it's like, uh, there's, there's always like this weird action metaphor that introduces an element, element of timing to it that I honestly never found very interesting. It seems to still have that because, you know, same people, but, you know, I, I can live with that as long as the mysteries are well written, so. We'll see how it goes. Um, uh, Sifu is coming to Switch. People seem to be interested in that, like, half a year ago when it came out on PS5. I didn't play it, but it might be good. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, Radiant Silvergun. Yes. Radiant Silvergun. Uh, previously ported to modern... Uh, its only previous modern port was the Xbox 360 version that is backwards compatible on Xbox One and Series X. But, uh, yeah, now it'll be on everything. Uh, Radiant Silvergun is a classic uh, Sega Saturn shooter from Treasure and a one of the crown jewels of their legacy, so it's very good to see it come back. Uh, please bring back uh, Guardian Heroes, please and thank you. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, Crisis Core Reunion got Look, a release date. Can't still play 13th. Guardian Heroes on Xbox One, at least. Yeah, yeah, but I want it on Switch because yeah. it's, it feels like it would be a good portable game. But... Uh, yeah, Crisis Core Reunion uh, got a release date, December 13th. That game still looks really good. Uh, it still looks like... Uh, if you're going... like It is that weird uh, splitting the difference between a remake and a remaster, because holy shit, it looks a lot better than it did on PSP. Just going to put that out there. If, if you don't remember... if Because I remember when the first trailer dropped, people were like, I, I talked to some people and they're like, it doesn't look that much better than it did on PSP. And it's like, no, you do not remember what it looked like on PSP. It looks <laughs> four worlds better than it did on PSP. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, the, the other thing is that it looks like the combat was made so much smoother. Uh, there, there was always this thing that Hajime Tabata tended to do when he was directing them. Like, uh, Type Zero has this, but worse. Uh, but basically, like, this, this very, like, uh, clipped staccato pacing to combat, where it's like, to do a combo, it's like, hit, beat, hit, beat, hit, beat, hit, beat. Like, it, you always had to, like, there was always this very, there was a lack of flow from attack to attack. And it, you know, you, you could deal with it, because, like, everything else about the game was so strong, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it, it didn't feel, it never felt good to me. And this looks like it feels a lot better. <laughs> Just a lot better. Um, so I'd consider that a huge improvement. Uh, fully voice acted now. You know, 
uh, really, really shines it up and should make it fit in quite nicely with uh, FF7 Remake. Uh, and, you know, there, it, wouldn't, it would not shock me in the slightest if there were a couple of new scenes added to tie it into some of the uh, changes to the FF7 Remake continuity. Uh, but yeah, that, that game looks like a fucking banger. Tales of Symphonia Remastered? That was weird. Yeah, that's weird. Where the hell did that come from? What about all the other tales that need remasters, damn it? I I don't even care about that. I am more confused by the fact of, like, there there was already a remaster of this, like, seven years ago. I can't... They did not show anything in that trailer that indicated how this was different from that one, other than that it doesn't include the sequel. Like, I, I don't know what is different like why why would why would i play this remaster over the like just don't get it uh, yeah no like just don't get it but at the same time like i i'm genuinely curious like this isn't just coming to switch which didn't get the last remaster it's coming to everything what is meant i'm very curious from namco's perspective what is the value proposition for this for anyone who had any of the other versions like that that chronicles version that has both this game and its sequel is, you know, a, it's a very available, very cheap. I have no idea what the appeal is meant to be for people who already have that version. I'm genuinely curious. Like, are they, at, they they've implied they're adding something to it, but that trailer doesn't show any of it. It's very fascinating to me. Uh, but yeah, that's happening. Um, Romantic Saga. Yes. December December 1st. Roman Saga. And that, uh, you know, it looks like it has quality of life changes. They've added some new party members. There's some new super bosses. But really, for me, it's just an excuse to play that game portably. Um, Get hype. Uh, I am the hype. But yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that a number of times between yeah. now and after its release uh, when Gaijin's here, so we'll hit that. Uh, and weird one, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Yeah, what? What? An upscale remaster of the Wii Kirby Return to Dreamland with some new powers added. Huh. Uh, you know, that's, that's a good Kirby game. Yeah, by, seems by, good. By all means. Did not see that one coming. Kind of the start of the current modern Kirby legacy that would be continued in Triple Deluxe, Planet Robobot, and uh, Star Allies. Like all of those are kind of built from the bones of uh, Return to Dreamland. So, yeah, very very exciting. That comes out uh, February twenty fourth. It's a good like co op Kirby game. So you know, lot like that. Oh, Heaven, that was a lot of game. A lot to talk about. Uh, I wanna, I wanna hit one question that was left in the comments. We, we, Strawberry Eggs kindly reposted her question from before. We actually did get that last week. Uh, she'll, she'll have heard that by now, but uh, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, we did get the lost media discussion last week. Um, and thank you for reposting because we do sometimes miss things. We have a question from Shaman, who I don't think he did. Uh, I don't think they had put this anywhere uh, before, so let's hit this before we close out. 
Spironix released two games but the day before this question was posted, third voice cards and the Switch port of various daylight. They have ten games coming out before the end of the year across all platforms. Are they putting too much into the wild in a short time, or is there enough genre variety that is not really an issue? Games are Diofield Chronicle, about three Elysium, Near Automata Switch, New Star Ocean, Harvestella, Tactics Ogre Reborn, about three Profile Remastered, <laughs> Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered, Direct Quest Treasures, and Crisis Core Reunion. Uh, the answer is that I don't think most of those hit the same audiences, so I think we'll be fine. Um, like, just to, just to hit things uh, piece by piece. Uh, Diofield Chronicle is a, you know, uh, kind of a like non-traditional strategy RPG that has a very specific audience. It's actually very different from the Tactics Over Reborn strategy RPG audience, which is mostly nostalgic people and people who want very traditional strategy RPGs. Um, you look at something like Near Automata Switch, and it's like, this is for people who don't have another platform who have heard about Near Automata and want to finally try it. That may, That's not really crossing over with people who are playing Diofield Chronicle or Tactics Soaker or Valkyrie Elysium. Valkyrie Elysium is, you know, it's an action RPG. Uh, like, its closest competition would be Star Ocean, but Star Ocean is a much more wide-open game than Valkyrie Elysium is going to be. Uh, Valkyrie Profile Remaster is, you know, like... The, the people who buy that are going to be a subset of the people who buy Valkyrie Elysium. There's there's no concerns about that overlapping. It's not a huge lift to get it out. Uh, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song. Saga fans are, like, we are a class of our own. We're all weird. Um, like, Crisis Core Reunion hits that uh, audience that loved FF7 Remake and wants to play more FF7 between now and FF7 Rebirth. And Dragon Quest Treasures, I mean, Dragon Quest is a law unto itself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's weird because there's so many of these, but I, I do think that legitimately either you're the kind of person who was always going to buy multiples of them, or you're the kind of person that was never interested in more than one of them anyway. <laughs> and I don't think that there's actually that much to worry about. Um, I don't think that there's that much to worry about in these cross, uh, these like eating each other's lunch because they all serve, they're all much, in general, outside of like Dragon Quest Treasures and Valkyrie uh, and Crisis Core Reunion, they're all generally smaller titles. And even those, those are smaller titles within their respective brands. They're all smaller titles that, you know, they don't have the kind of budget that an FF7 remake or whatever has, where like, the, the game just eats the entire bandwidth of both the publisher and the player base. Like, you, like everyone plays that for, month, for like a month, and then, you know, once they've gotten that out of their system, they're maybe interested in playing another game. You look at something like uh, Star Ocean, like, I love it. That's going to, you know, when I, whenever I pick that up, it's going to eat a large portion of my life. But at the same time, like, you know, that can come out and it can have its cult following that I'll, like, go nuts over it. But at the same time, like, it's not going to, Suck the living, suck the air out of the room for any of these other titles because you know they're all like secondary franchises or smaller releases in main franchises. It's you know, like when when a game comes out and you know kills another game, like in, you know when Final Fantasy Thirteen went out and killed uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, Sadness. when when that. Yeah, when, when that happened, it was because, like, 
the JRPG as a whole had shrunk, and, uh, you know, you had, like, this giant anticipated release and then a much smaller release right next to it. But when you have a bunch of small releases right next to each other, they don't really suck the air out of the room for each other as much. So I think they'll be fine. And of course, also, these are released across a broad number of platforms. Like, if you uh, if you have a Switch, you don't have Valkyrie Elysium as an option. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or Star assume... Ocean. Yeah. Uh, I think Harvestella is, like, currently a Switch console exclusive, so if you have a PS5, that's not on your radar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, you know, or like, you know, Nier Automata, if you wanted to play that on your PS4, you played that three years ago. Yeah. So, you know, these, these don't cannibalize each other as much as you think, just because, you know, each system has its own player base. But yeah, uh, I think that hits all the questions we're equipped to deal with tonight. I know we all yeah. had a podcast uh we didn't talk about zelda oh yeah i, for, I was saving that for the end so i forgot to even mention uh, you know what guys i gotta go to bed yeah, it's yeah, fine you yeah. can go to bed joe we're, i'm, I'm we're... gonna sign out for real on purpose this time <laughs> okay see all right guys. see ya all right see ya yeah i mean there's not actually a lot to talk about zelda wise because mostly it's just a release date and yeah and a name yeah uh, Tears, of, Tears of the Kingdom is what Breath of the or Wild... Or Tears of the Kingdom, unclear. That's uh, true. Is what, I believe the double meaning is intentional. Probably. Uh, looks cool. We only saw a little bit, a lot of which seemed similar to the last trailer. But we have a release yeah. date of, in May, which is yep. great news. May 12th, I believe, yeah. which... One thing I'll say is that when they get down to not just a release month, but a release day, they're yeah. pretty confident they'll actually get yeah. it this time. Uh, and my guess is we're probably going to see more of this maybe at the, uh, the the Game Awards or something. Game Awards, or it might be the linchpin of their direct yeah. in like February. Yeah, but the, there wasn't. I don't think they needed to show a massive trailer here, especially with a release date that's going to get everyone excited enough. Yeah, I, so, I, they've kept this game close to the best. Yeah, there, there's people are going to be at least a little surprised by whatever's in it, regardless of what it is, because it's you know they've played the, their cards extremely close close to their chests with this one. Yeah, but hey, it looks fun. Yeah, it's Zelda. <laughs> what more do you need? Uh, it's it's an interesting. It's a very evocative subtitle. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure that like if you went to YouTube, you could find people giving like a doctorate thesis about the uh, hints in that trailer for what the final game's content will be. But uh, I'm not that person, and I don't know how to do it. But yeah, I think that's about as much as I've got in me. And you also have been podcasting for hours. So yes. We're going to wrap this up. Um, since Gaijin is not here, uh, I would like to direct you to a certain parlor, uh, a certain pizza parlor, 
where uh, where tabletop merriment is had. Uh, you can't actually visit the pizza parlor, but you can read about the exploits there in uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, which is available on Amazon, a, uh, you know, as a physical book, but also via Kindle or Kindle Unlimited. Uh, there is a whole bunch of them. Uh, if you enjoy uh, the kinds of thing, the kind of experience you get from listening to people uh, play tabletop games and maybe play them badly sometimes, or make decisions that they will regret, uh, <laughs> you know that's that's on the table for you. It's a very uh, very charming. Uh, but yeah, uh, that can be found by going to Amazon. Uh, under the author author Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. You will find that Googling for a Michael Baker will not get you very far in most cases, so I don't blame him for attaching attaching a different last name for Citadel purposes. But yeah, uh, so yeah, give give those a look. Uh, He's always very happy uh, when, you know, people, you know, Whenever you're making an artistic endeavor, it's, it's you know hard to put that part of yourself out to the world and not get a response. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we we'll plug. Uh, so you can catch us on twitch.tv slash squeals on Sunday nights for Sunday Night Shenanigans where we play multiplayer games. Uh, we were supposed to do Turtles in Time, which... And it turned into Splatoon, so we'll probably do Turtles in Time at some point in the near future. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, bi-weekly sometimes do Adventures <laughs> Platforming Monday nights. We uh, shoot for bi-weekly. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Last week, I wanted to finish Klonoa, got stuck on a boss and some levels, <laughs> and didn't quite do it, so probably one more than that, and uh, I haven't exported that to YouTube yet, but I will do that soon, yeah. And, experiencing the horror of that game's storyline. Yeah, and of course, if you're listening to the audio of this podcast, you can catch us live on that same Twitch channel, usually Wednesday nights, occasionally a different day, but I usually try and tweet out if it's going to be a different day. I should follow Ask Wheels on Twitter. Yes. I don't tweet as much as I used to, but I still tweet. Healthier. Cut back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thanks for saving me the trouble of plugging that. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You can ask us questions. Uh, thanks to good friend uh, Fireminer, who asked us questions in the chat, which is always welcome. Thank you to uh, Strawberry Eggs and Shaman, who asked us questions in the comment section. That felt nostalgic. Uh but you can also ask us questions via the uh, Discord channel. There's ones from Fireminer in there that we haven't gotten to yet. We will get to them. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you aren't part of the RP Gamer Discord, you can go to the Communities tab on RP Gamer and get a click through to get to the uh, get an invite link. Lovely community, whether you want to ask us questions or not. And uh, if you ask questions for other people, we might steal them anyway. But uh, yeah, uh, what else was there? Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, as I've referenced a few times, uh, I have a Patreon, uh, all free content. It's patreon.com slash GameCultureSetter, I believe. And yeah, it's, uh, I'll be 
putting up an essay about uh, re-releases and preservation and the weird culture that springs up around both uh, and my thoughts on them as a marketing concern. Uh, hopefully sometime this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, there's a bunch of older essays on there that most of them I still stand by. They haven't had the time to rot out of my brain. But yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, that's all I've got. Uh, also, uh, Joe is no longer here, but he streams relatively regu regularly on Twitch at Joe86. There's a bunch of numbers in there. I forget where they are. But if you go I looking, you most find of the them. vowels. Yeah, I believe most of the vowels are, uh, except for the E. That's 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 not a that's not a number. But yeah, most of the vowels are numbers. They're they're the numbers you would expect. Um, but yeah, uh, if you go looking for him, you'll find him, and you know, give him a watch. But yeah, uh, otherwise, I think that wraps it up. So see you, space cowboys. See ya.